Hello, nephew community. Welcome to today's episode of Hot Topics in Nephrology podcast featuring Melanie Betts. Today's episode is part two of a two-part series examining the barriers and current recommendation practices of plant-based diets to patients with kidney disease. My name is Sushma Shervante. I am a nephrology clinical and scientific liaison with Otsuka, and I will be moderating today's discussion. Today, we'll be focusing on a paper that Melanie and colleagues published in October of 2022 in the Journal of Renal Nutrition titled, Patient Perception of Plant-Based Diets for Kidney Disease. If you have not listened to part one, where Melanie and I talk about plant-based diets and kidney disease from a nephrology professional's perspective, I do encourage you to do so. And if you already listened to part one of this series, you already know that Melanie is a registered dietitian at the University of Chicago in the section of nephrology. She works with patients who have chronic kidney disease, kidney stones, or a variety of genetic disorders that impact the kidney. Her research interests include plant-based diets for kidney disease, understanding adherence to renal diets, and effective nutrition interventions to prevent kidney stones. She also has a blog aimed at providing science-based nutrition information to the public. You can find her at www.thekidneydietitian.org. We are very excited to have her join us again today. So welcome back, Melanie. We are looking forward to a hearty discussion. Thank you, Shishma. I'm excited to be here again. Wonderful. Melanie, I know you already touched on this during part one, but I would love to start out this episode again by having you recap for our listeners how you define a plant-based diet and what some of the benefits of a plant-based diet include. Yeah, absolutely. So um, like we talked a lot about in part one, um, my definition of a plant-based diet is basically any dietary pattern that encourages the consumption of plant foods. Um, There really is no definition of a plant-based diet. So a plant-based diet does not need to be totally vegetarian or vegan, but really is just kind of a dietary pattern that incorporates lots of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and plant proteins. So specifically in the research, um, some of the plant-based diets that are commonly investigated are the DASH diet or dietary approaches to stop hypertension, um, as well as the Mediterranean diet. I would consider both of those to be plant-based diets, even though they do definitely include and actually encourage the consumption of some animal foods. However, they do both include way, way, way more plant foods than the average American is consuming. Um, And so without getting too into the weeds, some of the benefits of a plant-based diet and kidney disease um, is that ultimately they're associated with a slower GFR decline. Um, So they have been shown, they're, they're associated with a slower progression of kidney disease, less or delayed need for dialysis or transplant. Um, They can help with acidosis, blood pressure control, glucose control, um, as well as improved heart health, right? We know that more plant foods generally are good for both um, cardiovascular disease and diabetes, which are, of course, huge comorbidities for our population with CKD. So lots of good things with these plant-based diets. Absolutely. And Thank you for that excellent recap and catching us all up to speed. With that, could you share with us what motivated you to conduct this study examining the patient's perspective on plant-based diets and what were your study objectives? 
Yeah, so um, it just seems sort of like an obvious follow-up to my previous study. You know, we I understood a little bit more what health professionals or what we think about plant-based diets, but it's probably even more important to know what our patients think. Um, and so I just really, uh, for, for our official objectives, I just really wanted to get a better understanding of what patients already know about plant-based diets and kidney disease. And also maybe get a little understanding about what patients are already doing in terms of plant-based diets and helping, helping CKD. Definitely. I love that together from your two papers, we can see both the nephrology professional's perspective, and now with these great objectives, we can better understand the patient perspective as well. So painting the whole complete picture for us. Tell us a bit more about how you designed your study to examine these objectives that you had. So I, I took um, the survey that I used for the previous study for healthcare professionals and tweaked it just a little bit to um, get some more information about the type of patient that I was surveying, um, as well as just sort of modified the questions to make them a little bit more patient friendly. Um, and then the, again, the National Kidney Foundation helped me out. So they actually dispersed my, the link to the survey via their email list um, for patients who are members of NKF or, or you know, follow them, have their receive their newsletters and that sort of thing. Um, and they also disperse it on their social media channels. So that is how I reached patients with kidney disease for this particular study. Yeah. And I think that that's wonderful that you were actually able to leverage study design aspects from your earlier study as well and utilize similar principles to develop this current study. So thank you so much for providing that excellent study design overview. So with that, let's dive into some of the key survey results. A total of 844 survey responses were used for analysis, of which most were between 61 to 70 years old, most were female, and most had achieved a bachelor's degree or higher. Most indicated that they had a history of a kidney transplant, followed by those that indicated that they had a diagnosis of CKD with no dialysis, and then finally, patients who were currently receiving dialysis. Interestingly, less than half of the respondents, so about 45%, had heard of plant-based diets for the treatment of kidney disease. And significantly more respondents were following a plant-based diet who were not on dialysis compared to those who required dialysis. So Melanie, we have a few questions to get us started here. First, why is there a difference between the number of patients following a plant-based diet in the non-dialysis versus dialysis settings? And overall, what are some ways we can increase patients' awareness of plant-based diets to treat kidney disease? Yeah, so I think it makes a lot of sense that there's more patients following a plant-based diet who are not on dialysis than who are. Um, first of all, because there's really less research for plant-based diets in a dialysis setting. Um, most of the studies that I tend to cite um, and that are out there really are looking at the progression of CKD um, and um, just kind of the benefits in that non-dialysis dependent population. And there's really fewer, not none, but there are fewer studies looking at plant-based diets in dialysis patients. And so I think that 
so that, that makes sense, right? Our practice has sort of been um, informed by the, the quality and volume of research that's out there. Um, I also think that a lot of the concerns about plant-based diets and kidney disease that we talked a lot about in the last episode, so specifically potassium and phosphorus control, become much, much more prevalent in a dialysis patient, whereas, or compared to someone with CKD stage three, say. So um, I think it makes a lot of sense that, that more patients um, who are not on dialysis are, are um, following plant-based diets. Um, I also thought it was interesting that, that about 56% of nephrology professionals recommended plant-based diets, which is pretty darn close to the percentage of patients that were aware of the benefits in this study. So that that was kind of an interesting lineup, that basically half, half of us are recommending patients uh, follow a plant-based diet for kidney disease, and about half of um, our patients are actually aware of those benefits. Um, so in terms of ways that we can increase awareness, patients' awareness of plant-based diets to kidney disease, is I think that we just really need to educate them, right? We found that that 50% mark was right on, on par. So it shows that when we educate people, they hear us. Um, whether they adhere to our advice is a whole different thing, but when we educate them, they do at least hear us and know that it's beneficial. Um, and so I think we just need to keep continuing educating the nephrology community um, of the benefits of plant-based diets for kidney patients and help them feel more comfortable recommending them. Definitely. That makes a whole lot of sense to me that talking about it and getting those conversations started is the first step to generating actionable changes within our patient population. Now, another finding that I thought was interesting was that overall respondents were more aware that plant-based diets can improve hypertension, high cholesterol, and obesity compared to CKD. Do you have any insights on why patients are less aware that plant-based diets can benefit CKD as compared to these other disease states? I mean, I can only guess as to why that is, um, but I think that it's simply because the recommendation to eat more plants for hypertension and heart health um, has been around for a really long time, right? That advice has been beat into us for a long time. Um, there's, it's really not controversial that eating more plant foods is beneficial for hypertension and beneficial for your heart. Um, I, I uh, would like to note that I found similar things in that healthcare professional study. So the, although, um, the percentages were very high uh, in terms of which health conditions we were aware of a plant-based diet being beneficial for. Um, it was even higher. Um, more of us were aware of the benefits of a plant-based diet for cardiovascular disease and hypertension compared to CKD. So that again is sort of um, similar to what we found with patients. And, and I would also like to add that the, those recommendations to eat more plants for hypertension and heart health, again, are just not controversial. Whereas the diet that most of us were taught as a quote, renal diet, um, way back in school before we kind of understood all the benefits of these plant-based diets, or at least they were more mainstream, um, is very much not a plant-based diet. And in fact, it's, uh, it's very much removing a lot of the foods that we would promote on a plant-based diet. And so I think that sort of adds to this um, discrepancy and uh, difference that we see. Yeah, that is an excellent point. The recommendations for plant-based diets in hypertension and cardiovascular disease, for example, have been on people's radar for longer. And with that comes gaining more awareness among patients and providers. So you have really highlighted the need for patients with kidney and comorbid diseases to be made more aware of the benefits of a plant-based diet through 
guidance from resources as well as from their care providers. And in due time, similar to what we have seen with hypertension and cardiovascular diseases, we can hope that the same increase in awareness can be expected for the benefits of plant-based diets for kidney diseases. So switching gears now, in examining patient-reported challenges and barriers to following a plant-based diet. Most rated their skills to plan a balanced plant-based diet as low, specifically a two on a scale from one to five, where one equals not confident and five equals very confident. Barriers included family eating preference, meal planning skills, a preference for meat, figuring out what is healthy to eat, food cost, time constraints, and ease of cooking. The most common other challenges written in by respondents were difficulty breaking habits and general preference for eating meat and cheese, concerns over micronutrients such as sodium, potassium, phosphorus, or oxalate, food access or cost, and household meal preferences. So we have a lot to unpack here. First, what resources are available for patients to address some of these barriers? Um, so it's a lot of barriers <laughs> that, that we listed. <laughs> and I, I think really it kind of comes down to dietitians. Um, we are trained professionals to help patients address those barriers for we are trained to um, help patients actually make these dietary changes um, and with an individualized approach and address each of these barriers because there's so many different barriers. You know, we um, each each person is obviously completely different. And so a dietitian can really be the person that can help them address their barriers and help them understand what they can eat for their situation. Um, I think it's also really important that patients understand that there's no single renal diet. So a renal diet really has to be individualized to each patient's labs, eating preferences and barriers and you know kind of what's going on in their life. Um, so like I said, we're really not just there to provide education, but we're really there to help patients address those barriers and make realistic goals for behavior change. Um, and in, in my study, I did find that patients identified a meeting with a dietitian as one of the top things that would help them most switch to a plant-based diet. Wow, you've really highlighted the importance and immense value added when patients work closely with a registered dietitian. And we'll actually talk a bit more about the utilization of registered dietitians in the care of patients with kidney diseases in just a moment. But before we do, I wanted to touch on the finding that the majority of patients in this study were between 61 to 70 years old, they were mostly female, and mostly had a college level education. So. How does this compare to the general CKD population and what other considerations need to be taken into account when assessing patients' barriers and challenges to following a plant-based diet? Yeah, so that this is a huge limitation to our study. Um, and I think that it's very reflective of the way that the survey was distributed um, via social media and email. Um, it sort of makes sense that we reached a higher educated population compared to sort of the general CKD population. Um, so certainly the population that I was surveying was more female, more educated, likely had more resources. Um, however, I will say that in my 
rather extensive experience with patients um, with a lower um, socioeconomic background. I've spent the majority of my career working on the west and south sides of Chicago. Um, patients are motivated to do what they can to stay off dialysis. Um, you know, I think we don't give a lot of patients credit because of a variety of reasons, um, but we, it's not our place to judge whether someone is going to be interested in this or able to do this. It's our, our job to, at the bare minimum, provide them the information. Um, and I found that as soon as you, you throw out the words kidney disease and, and, educate patients that there are things that they can do to help them stay off dialysis or stay off dialysis from a, for a longer amount of time. Um, that is motivating. And I think we don't give patients credit and I think they can do a lot more than we think that they can. Absolutely. Considering each patient as an individual with their own values and traditions surrounding food and food preferences, and really what's important to them is important to keep in mind when discussing plant-based diets with patients. And finally, to dig a bit deeper, many respondents wrote in concerns that a plant-based diet would be difficult with individual micronutrient restrictions such as potassium, phosphorus, and oxalate. Could you explain the role of plant-based diets with respect to these micronutrients specifically? Yeah, so in, in part one, I went into this a little bit more, um, but kind of as a, a, a quick overview, um, plant-based diets really actually might be beneficial for the control of potassium and phosphorus for a variety of reasons. Um, and I think it's really interesting that so many people took the time to write in in my survey that they were worried about these things like, like sodium, or excuse me, like potassium and phosphorus and oxalate. Um, and I think it kind of highlights how we as a professional have really kind of scared patients away from eating plant foods. Um, you know, how many lists are out there of good and bad, high and low potassium foods or high and low phosphorus foods or high and low oxalate foods. Um, and so when you sort of combine all of those lists together, there's really not many fruits and vegetables that patients can eat. That honestly kind of comes down to like green beans and cauliflower. So it's not, not very exciting. Um, and so I think that we really need to be very careful in how we present this nutrition information to patients so that we don't scare them away from, from eating these foods that we know are going to be so, so good for, for kidney disease. And also uh, side note for the prevention of kidney stones. Um, I think uh, I could have a whole podcast about oxalate, but I think that a low oxalate diet has a lot of similarities with a low potassium diet. And there's just not a lot of data to back up that it actually is linked to any uh, measurable health outcomes and, and scares people away from eating a lot of really healthy foods. So uh, I would also like to mention that the Kidoki guidelines actually called out um, specifically fruits and vegetables in a Mediterranean diet. So they said that fruits and vegetables may help improve acidosis in patients with CKD and a Mediterranean diet could actually help improve um, abnormal lipids in patients with CKD. So there is a, a push even in the official guidelines to um, stop scaring patients away from eating all these plant foods. Well, thank you so much for shedding more light on that topic and clearing up these misconceptions. I can't stress enough how important it is to educate patients and providers based on the facts and real evidence-based data so that we can all see that things like fruits and vegetables are beneficial, even in the areas where we previously thought them not to be. 
So now that we've highlighted some of these patient reported barriers to adopting a plant-based diet, let's take a look at some patient identified resources that would help them achieve this successfully. Both respondents in this survey and results from a previous survey of nephrology professionals rated an individual counseling session with a registered dietitian nutritionist as a top intervention to help patients transition to a plant-based diet. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid actually offer 100% coverage of medical nutrition therapy for people with CKD and a GFR less than 50 mils per minute. However, only 10 to 50% of patients with CKD ever meet with a registered dietitian nutritionist prior to starting dialysis. And Melanie, I know you spoke about this a bit earlier, but what are the benefits of medical nutrition therapy and working with a registered dietitian nutritionist? And how can we increase the percentage of patients that utilize this amazing resource? Yeah, so many benefits. I, I don't even know where to start. So I, I think that ultimately the biggest benefit of MNT for people with CKD is that it helps them actually understand what they can eat. I mentioned those food lists earlier. Um, I cannot count the number of times where patients come to me and they're like, I literally have nothing that I can eat. And so a dietitian is so good at helping patients understand what they can eat, not just what they can't. And I think it's also important and very relevant for a CKD population is that dietitians are really skilled at sort of combining all of the different nutrition recommendations. Most patients don't have just CKD. Most patients also have hypertension or hyperlipidemia or diabetes or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and it can be so overwhelming to patients trying to figure out what's quote, good for all of those different health conditions. And so a dietitian can really kind of look at their whole health history and put together a plan that is good for, for them as a whole, not just CKD or just diabetes or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, I love that percentage of, um, you know, only 10 to 50% of patients with CKD ever meet with a dietitian prior to starting dialysis, which is uh, heartbreaking, quite frankly. Um, and I think that we really just need to get more dietitians in nephrology clinics. I think there are, there's not many. I think that my, my role at the University of Chicago as a dietitian in the nephrology clinic is rare. And I think we just need to make it more commonplace that dietitians are sort of a standard member of the healthcare team in, in non-dialysis dependent CKD care. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, money, money talks. And so a, a really good way to help meet that goal is to help is to educate both patients and providers that this is a, a covered benefit by CMS. I mean, actually many private payers as well. Thank you for those excellent recommendations and going through some of the amazing benefits of medical nutrition therapy and working with a registered dietitian nutritionist. I wanted to add that respondents reported that a sample meal plan, handouts, and a cooking class would also be more helpful to start following a plant-based diet. And so with that, I wanted to take this opportunity to share all of the exciting nutrition content and resources that we have available on NEFU. NEFU features a section dedicated to nutrition and kidney health, where you can find resources such as webinars discussing electrolytes and water intake, as well as recipes called Kitchen Creations for Kidney Health, all of which are free and downloadable right here on nephew.org. In addition, since we focused on patient-specific perspectives today, I wanted to highlight a brand new resource that we just launched called OPEN. 
Open is a patient education platform where we feature patient-facing content, including community support, an education center that includes nutrition and diet information and recipes, and cooking demos from the Neff Chef. To summarize the paper we discussed today from the Journal of Renal Nutrition titled Patient Perception of Plant-Based Diets for Kidney Disease by Melanie Betts and colleagues, about half of the patients surveyed were aware that a plant-based dietary pattern can be beneficial for kidney disease, and many patients were following some version of a plant-based diet. Registered dietitian nutritionists should be utilized to help patients better understand the benefits of a plant-based diet for kidney disease, provide individualized recommendations based on labs and comorbidities, and help address the barriers to adhering to dietary changes. Before we wrap up today's podcast, Melanie, we would love to hear about any follow-up studies you may have planned or any actions you plan to take based on the findings from your two papers? So I I think that my, these two papers really just highlight the need to continue to educate the nephrology community and patients about the benefits of nutrition in general for chronic kidney disease um, and to really figure out new ways to encourage nephrology practices to partner with dietitians so we can get dietitians in front of patients before they reach dialysis um, to provide all of this wonderful information and resources that patients need to actually make this transition. Excellent. I agree. Educating and increasing awareness is really key to making progress, and those are all incredible initiatives that will add immense value to patients with kidney and comorbid diseases. We are so eager and excited to see what you come up with next in the world of nutrition and kidney health. Melanie, thank you so much. This has been so informative, and again, we appreciate you greatly for spending your time with us and sharing your expertise and knowledge once again. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, it was our pleasure. And nephew community, thank you for tuning in. Please check back for future episodes where we will talk about other hot topics in our nephrology podcast. And until then, please do check out the abundance of incredible resources, including several nutrition-focused materials available on nephew.org. 